Simon Foley. Hey, we are back with another episode of our first time at 40. This is the story of two first-time home buyers who also happen to be, we'll call it middle-aged. We're in our 40s. Hmm? Why not? My name is Nicholas. I'm here, as always, with my wife, Laura. Hello. And this has been yet another week of developments. Since we began this home purchasing journey, I can safely say there hasn't been a dull week. (laughs) No. A lot happens very quickly. How long has it been now? Has it been a month? Has it been more than that? It's been more than a month. Month and a half? It's been about five weeks. I mean, it's a lot of action. Yeah. It's been ups and downs and unexpected uh, twists and turns. And this is just one couple's story of finding a house. This happens every day, everywhere, all the time. And it's kind of like this, you know, it's like, There's this underbelly of parenthood that nobody ever talks about. This seems to me, anyway, to be like this weird kind of other side of home buying that I wasn't really aware of. Like, there's the fun, exciting HGTV, flip it or flop it or whatever the heck those shows are called, where it's all fun and crazy and weird. This one is just, like, unexpected and frustrating. A little seedy. Seedy and ugly and... Uh, well, the HGTV shows are not filmed in Los Angeles, let's be honest. They're in Canada. Or Austin, or a smaller city outside of Austin. Right. So to also reset, we are looking for a home for our first time in a very cost-prohibitive neighborhood. We've, we've lived here now for quite a while as renters, and we're just trying to go right in as buyers in a place that probably isn't advisable. Inadvisable. And a place where historically and probably forevermore for the future, the demand far, far outweighs the inventory. Yeah, that's what's happening now. We're, we're in early 2021. Intr- interest rates are very low. Everybody's looking to buy a house. Everybody's sick of where they're living. We're very much counted in that bunch and uh, are trying to upgrade their lives a little bit or capitalize on the interest rates or whatever but it's turned into an absolute and i'm sure i've mentioned this before absolute feeding frenzy we didn't even look at this house there was a house last weekend that came up they told us there wasn't any spots to look anymore on day one that it was listed because of covid people can't go to open houses anymore so you have to reserve a 15 minute block for friday saturday sunday no 15 minute blocks available and day one our agent our realtor was very unhappy with uh being shut out of looking at a house uh which was kind of beyond us we you know it wasn't in our favorite location it was a very nice looking house so nice that it turns out it had 26 (laughs) offers after the first weekend that's what we're dealing with (laughs) that's what we're dealing with and and in those 26 offers how many of them went $200,000, $300,000 over the asking price? Right. Everything's just going up it's and up. Nuts. Listing prices are meaningless. It's been really hard. It kind of reminds me of um, Back to the Future when uh, Doc keeps telling Marty, you're not thinking third dimensionally or you're not thinking fourth dimensionally. I think that's what it is. 
And Marty's like, yeah, I got a real problem with that. That's how I feel with this pricing because, you know, I say to the agent, oh, well, we're going X amount over at listing. And she's like, that doesn't mean anything. No. Listing is arbitrary. No. Listing is only an invitation to bid. That is the quote. has nothing to do with the actual value. And the actual value at the end of the day is whatever somebody will pay for it, which is a completely made up arbitrary, no ceilings kind of situation. Right. Technically, you're supposed to base it on the comps, which are comparable homes sold recently in the area. But all that's out the window in the last three months, evidently, um, because things are far surpassing. I mean, it's just like they she keeps telling us like she keeps in the listing agents and the there's a so you have a buyer's agent as the person buying the home and the seller has a seller's agent. Never the two shall meet. Right. But they are the ones who talk and do the dealings. But they she keeps telling us like they she calls them and, and is talking. She's very good, I think, at getting the information out of people. And she's has a nice way about her. But she's business at the same time. But she keeps telling us they keep just saying to each other, what? They're in <laughs> like, shock they're, with what these houses all are going of them, for. All of them are in shock on both sides of the equation. And every home is setting new records in the neighborhood. And it's, I mean, it's just not the best time to be a buyer. Terrible time to be a buyer. This and, is the absolute definition of a seller's market in that a seller can can. Put in any card. list of demands they want. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, they move on to the next person. There's, 26, there's 26 people yeah. offering on one home. Yeah. What is going on? You don't want it? Okay, next. How are there so many people at one Thank moment in time next. looking for homes in this pocket of Los Angeles? I mean, what what do I know? But it just seems excessive. It 26. is excessive. It 100% is excessive. The tile house we bid on, there were 11, and that seemed like a lot. was a lot. This is 26. We didn't bid on it. We, it wasn't no we skin off. No, yeah. it wasn't any skin right. off our nose. We were really just looking at it to be like, well, you know, it looks like a nice kind of home, slightly out of where we want to live, but we just kind of wanted maybe, to see it. T- turns out nope. it didn't really matter. I'd love to see what that thing ends up going for. At any rate, we um, we uh, didn't name this house, but we talked about a house last week. I think we should call it the Horseshoe House. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's this house that's in our school zone. It's um, exactly where we want to be, and it's a single-family home as opposed to the many townhouses we've looked at, and we even went into escrow on a townhouse that went belly up. Uh, But this is a single-family home in the area we want to be, and just so happens to have a horseshoe pit (laughs) in the backyard. Now, we've seen lots of things um, and, you know, kind of fun things maybe that someone will add, like a jacuzzi or... Oh, a sauna. We saw a sauna. A sauna was in one house, right? There, There's fun little amenities that people try to make the home their own. A craft room. That's a normal one. Craft room. We saw one of those. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a little playroom. Yeah, sure. Which was cool. We've seen a couple of little kind of man cave situations. Right. You know, nothing too far out. Yep. Sometimes people will convert their garage into something sure. fun. Horse garage, yeah. Horseshoe pit. Full-on horseshoe pit. Both sides, not just one where you can just kind of keep throwing at the same. Nope. No, full. Full commitment. Horseshoe pit. Both sides of the field. Sand. 
posts, squares of sand, space in between, wagon wheels accompanying on the side, sure. horseshoe pit. So I think it makes sense to call this the horseshoe house. Mm-hmm. Now, the horseshoe house had a lot of charm. I, I can't really recall how deep we went into it. I'm sure we talked about it. Um, but it did have charm. It did not. It was not turnkey by any stretch. There, This is a house that was built in the 50s. Um, it's going to need some help. Heaven knows what the uh, inspection is going to say whenever this thing gets inspected. But One family has lived there for a whole lifetime. It's still enticing, though. It's got a big addition that was put onto it. Originally, it was a very small home. Uh, and the front still feels like that small home, and then you walk back into this big addition, and then you have a big, beautiful, mm, beautiful is not the right word, big backyard, and then an extra structure that is a little apartment that's got a sink, bathroom, bed, closet, et cetera, et cetera, and then a detached garage. So it's kind of like a bunch of different structures. It makes it feel like a compound. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a house in a backyard. It's a house with other structures. And there's even a little storage shed back there. And it just feels kind of feels kind of cool. Like it's our own little mm-hmm. space. Little wraparound yards on the sides. And there's like a lot of little nooks and crannies happening. I don't right. know. Good for, good for kids. There's different spaces for people to be as a growing family. Right. Not so, a growing family. We are not having another baby. That was not a reveal. But <laughs> as a growing <laughs> up family. <laughs> right. The boys are growing. So we, you know, put in an offer on this home, but very much keeping in mind that this is a highly sought after neighborhood. Teardowns go for more than what we were offering. Um, And so in the meantime, looked around elsewhere. Um, Turns out there was, there were two homes, very comparable. And this is kind of in our neighborhood. So we decided to go look. One was listed $150,000 less than the other, and they were right across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. Naturally, we looked at the one that was priced less, and it felt like military housing. Mm-hmm. How would you... How, so I have a very specific reaction to homes that because look like this. Right. Up. I'm curious how it felt to you. Um, it, it felt like something from the 70s that was left there, is what it felt like to me. Like there's cottage ceilings and very specific cheap gold pendant lighting and old carpet and very traditional closed in floor plan i mean it just it seemed like it was built in the 70s and then untouched right yeah it, it's got like the metal railings by the stairs and it's got like the closet doors that have just a little kind of latch and they've been painted a whole bunch you know quite stick right yeah feels like an apartment Mm -hmm. and popcorn ceiling like you said um just all of it just screamed like standard issue military housing to me and it's like you know it's not cheap it's a single family home a little bit of a backyard with a jacuzzi so like there was some features but we were just like "Mm, too much too much trouble (laughs) The kicker. Well, yeah, go ahead. That's what I was gonna say. No, please describe this bathroom because my mind still doesn't. To. I don't. I don't know if I know how to. Okay. Well, just how do you walk in? What do you see? So from the hallway, there's a door, and you turn right into a bathroom, and there's a sink, and there's a bathtub on either side of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you continue your forward path, you then pass through another doorway right. with a door, 
You then find the toilet. Yep. Is that it? The, in yep. that little vestibule? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then another door. So then you keep walking and there's another door. And then there's another sink. And then there's another shower. Shower. And then there's another door and then there's the master bedroom. It's like three rooms it's to make one bathroom. Weird. And that's the whole upstairs bathroom facility. So that's your master bath slash guest bath. And they're kind of sink and tub spaces. In one room. Toilet. Toilet in one room. Sink and shower in another room. All separated by four, four doors. doors. <laughs> yep. What? Yeah. And not big. I mean, this is not a big space. This is like. You know, you could walk straight ahead and that's all you got kind of space. All we see and, and in the newer homes, especially, especially the townhomes, because they put a lot of effort into them as far as the master bathroom goes. All of that space could be turned into a big, beautiful bathroom. And instead, it's just walls and doors. Mm-hmm. Who? Who? How? <laughs> what? I'm speechless. How is that a thing? Because you're, because you need a bathroom for the other people upstairs, so there has to be a shared situation. I think what I just continue to be flabbergasted by is we look at all these homes and they all have a thing. Yeah, like you, everything's great. Oh, kitchen's all right, living room's all right, and then there's this one weird thing. Then you go upstairs. The horseshoe house doesn't have a laundry room. Yep. Mm -hmm. The horseshoe house has everything you could possibly need. And their washer and dryer is in the kitchen. Yep. Yep. What? Why? When? <laughs> when was that the, the, the solution? Mm-hmm. In in all of the time that's transpired between 1952 and mm-hmm. 2021, did nobody in this house think maybe a laundry facility would be a good idea to figure out as opposed to putting it next to the fridge? Mm-hmm. Is it a thing? Do a lot of people have laundry facilities in their kitchen? The only place I've ever seen that, I could be wrong. The only place I've ever seen it is in a vacation timeshare in Florida. Why does every house have a thing? All the timeshares in Florida have the kitchen laundry room. But maybe it's behind a door or something. Yeah, yeah, there's at least, yeah, there's a plantation shutter. These are exposed as a stove would Mm -hmm. be in your your kitchen. Mm -hmm. Try other appliance, yeah. Well, hey, you get your apron dirty when you're cooking. You got the pizza sauce. Then you just toss it on in. They were thinking. No? Yeah. Ahead of their time. We the way you just described that. Yet. The way you just described that made me think like maybe if it was like the Goodfellas guys in prison, it would make sense. <laughs> you know, they would get a washer dryer to themselves yeah. kind of thing. But they would put it next to the stove and then the spaghetti, the spaghetti mm-hmm. sauce. Mm-hmm. Just throw it in the washer dryer. Maybe that's where they're coming from. I, I don't know. I don't Every know. house I don't has know a why. thing. And it's so frustrating because like, can't you just have like a house that just makes sense? But no, you can't because when you do, 26 people offer on the first weekend. And it's $2 billion. The other thing we run into a lot, this is another one I think we've talked about. I'm not sure. The other one we are running into a lot is bedrooms designed with zero wall space. Right impossibility to put a dresser a wardrobe or whatever there are either doors or closets or windows covering every possible surface area leaving you zero real estate for any kind of furniture to hold your stuff that's in your bedroom and what do you do with the bedroom you sleep and store your clothes that's it that's it how is one of those things left off the checklist seems like a big thing 
So then you go into the situation, which we've seen a lot of, dresser inside a closet. Why? Yeah, (laughs) that's some rinky-dink BS. And then some people to save, you know, the situation of doors that need to fit in there. We've seen a lot of this, too. Curtains instead of closet doors. The Horseshoe House had those. Yeah, true. Mm Mm-hmm. But it, it is common where instead of a door, a sliding door, which wouldn't take up much more room, it's like a weird kind of flowy mm-hmm. curtain instead. Doesn't seem better. No, not at all. It seems so like rinky dink, like, mm-hmm. you know, like putting your dresser in your closet. And I guess like there's a lot of these things that are just like temporary solutions that turn into permanent things that people just get used to. I mean, we would. Do Lord that. knows we've got plenty of that going on in this house. We would do that for sure. But it just seems like such a simple solution. And maybe even like when you're going to sell the house. Maybe you put a door on your closet. Yeah, just install a door. And people might not think your house looks so weird. (laughs) No, when it's your own weird, that's one thing. No one ever comes in. No one knows. But when you're looking to sell, hey, yeah, put the bed sheet up in front of the closet space. (laughs) Eh, let God sort them out. It's fine. They'll do what they want. We're in a great neighborhood. Yeah. Anyway, it's been, you know, so really the majority of this week has been us thinking about the Horseshoe House. We looked at the military house and we're non-plussed, if that's the right term. Not excited not about interested. it. We said no, no on the spot to that one. A bunch of stuff came up this week um, that we made some mm-hmm. appointments for. Uh, really nice looking stuff. A couple Close really beautiful store houses. price range. Yeah, I mean, it may not end up in our price range, but it's starting in a place that maybe it might, and they're beautiful houses. Yeah, meaning upgraded, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They look like they've been built now instead Makes of 50 years all the ago. difference. It does. As, at least from just the selling point. Like, I get why people turn their house into the house of their dreams just to sell it, mm-hmm. because when you take pictures of it, it looks fantastic, mm-hmm. and it's very, very tempting. Mm-hmm. But these these couple that are the ones we're speaking of that look like catalog HGTV houses, they're not quite in the pocket where we want to be. They're, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. We're still in the same school district. We're greedy. We want to be in a very yeah, tight our, school yeah. district, and we want to be close to the beach, and we want to be in our price range. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing the whole time along this journey has been, what are we willing to give? Are we going to give on the location? Or are we going to give on the quality of what we can live in? It has that's to be something. That's been the question. There, it's we like can't fast. Get both. We know we can't be, get both. Yeah. It's like fast, easy, and cheap. You know, you can't have all three. Mm-hmm. Or wait. Yeah. That was three. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> is, is that those right three things? I have no idea. I've never heard that phrase. Fast, easy, and cheap. You, you can only have two, I think is what it is. What do people usually choose? Uh, well, whatever you need. Yeah. I don't know. It can fa- it can be fa- is it fa- no fast, easy, and good. No, no, fast, cheap, and good. You can only have two. Okay. So it can be fast and good, but it's not going to be cheap. It can be fast and cheap, but it's not going to be good. Okay. It can be cheap and good, but it's not going to be fast. Okay. Okay. And Got so th- that is the equivalent of our condition uh price and location yeah something's got to give yeah that's it something's got to give in the equation the equation does not work as is 
And you could throw size in there too. Maybe yeah, the like comparison's not completely the same. Yeah, sizes. <laughs> I mean, we need to have, have like a baseline size, but we kind of the, the you know the square footage yeah it falls by the wayside very quickly. Um, you know, it's great to have a lot of square footage, but also the location seems to trump it pretty yeah, for quickly. Sure. For us, yeah. Yep. So um, we um, put in a counter offer for, or we're, we're countered, I should say, for the Horseshoe House. We put in our offer early on in the week. We found out what, there were seven other offers. Right, right away we heard there were seven other offers. They sent out a counter. <laughs> and P.S., our offer was not at listing price. Our offer was far above listing price just for sure just to start out yeah and (laughs) and seven other offers and we were not the highest according to our agent's intel that she was able to somehow get Ooh, let's talk about this though because this is an interesting side and why we say it all feels like a very seedy underbelly situation because you know your agent's trying to get the information how many other offers are there what are people going in at where are we in the mix the agent on the other side has no obligation to tell you any kernel of truth. That's where I was going. Mm-hmm. They can lie with zero repercussions. Mm-hmm. That changes the game completely. It's a big Vegas bluff poker match. Right. Or not. They might be being truthful. I looked it up very simply. Can a realtor lie? And the answer is a resounding yes. Absolutely. So much so that I think it's part of the job Mm -hmm. is to bluff just like you would at a poker table. Because your job as the selling agent is to get the best price for the people selling the house. That's your only interest. So you can say, and yeah. Add into that. Well, add into that. Both agents, both agents on both sides of the equation are making money off of that final price. Sure. Which always makes me feel a little bit cautious about the, some of the, well, no, it would make me feel cautious about the advice we'd get from our agent. I have not got that feeling from our agent. I've never either. felt like she's, unless she's so good that she's just in cahoots <laughs> With these buying agents and like playing us like a fiddle, which she you certainly very, could be very well could There's be. There's nothing to stop that. The other happening. agent could be like, "Hey, look, what can we nothing, get him for? There's there, nothing yeah. going on here. How about we just tell yeah. him that yeah. there's a few others, and we get both get a little with, extra scrilla scratch on the end." Yeah. That could completely be happening on every single house deal. I don't think that is true. Me neither. But here's in part theory, of, it could happen. Part of the reason why is that. Part of the reason why I don't think it's necessarily true in this case, I do think it's probably true a lot of the times. I think they probably do bluff just to get a little extra, you know, whatever. You know, it's not a huge percentage of the selling price, but it's a little bit um, to add on if you bluff. But because it's a national story right now of how hungry mm-hmm. people are to buy homes and how little... Uh, inventory there is to satisfy that demand i don't think anybody needs to right now right so the one benefit of this stupid market that we've entered into is that no one needs to lie about the fact that there's a lot of people that want a house Mm -hmm. 
And no one needs to lie about the fact that these houses are going for more than they're listed for because you can see that. We've been in the game long enough now where there have been homes that we looked at that have since sold and we can see what the selling price was. And it is significantly above that listing price. And also, you know, I guess when you go to an open house, you can't really get a feeling for how many people you can see people walking around, I suppose. But with what's going on now with everybody setting up uh, appointments, if you walk past the house again in a couple of days, you'll see people standing outside talking to their realtor. Like people are churning, churning through these homes and looking and everybody's looking at the same time. So all that to say, real estate, real estate agents, realtors can lie, probably part of their strategy. And, you know, I asked our agent, you know, maybe does your reputation take a hit? I didn't really get the feeling that your reputation takes a hit if you lie. It was more like if you do things that are unethical, mm-hmm. your reputation can take a hit. But I didn't really get the or feeling if from you're her. A real jerk about it. <laughs> All right. I didn't get the feeling from her that she would hold it against anybody if they did. <laughs> so, you know, maybe it's just part of the whole game. And that's unfortunately, and maybe, you know, the more you spend, the more time you spend in real estate. Um, maybe the more you get used to that kind of thing and more you can kind of feel people out and call their bluff or, you know, bluff yourself. Yeah. Um, but we did not ever at any point during this process ever feel the need to bluff. I suppose we called a bluff on a townhouse that we originally made a, a bid on way back when, when we started, we did not when we asked to counter, we didn't go up. I don't think it was a bluff, though. I think there was another buyer. It could I don't have think been. It was, I guess I, is my point. I don't think so. No, 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 no. I'm not saying us. that it was. I'm yeah. saying at the time, mm-hmm. it could have been. Maybe there wasn't another offer. I see. And we didn't raise. And maybe they would have said, okay, it's yours, you know, and then we would have won. Gotcha. Which wasn't the case because they didn't say that. Correct. So it was not. It was real. Yeah. Right. But it could have been and yeah. we could have called their bluff. True. and been the winners of that particular scenario so um real estate agents lying is something that i try not to think about too much um because the more i think about it the more i just wonder if this is all just a game where we're just getting (laughs) just destroyed um the uh the other thing that i think is kind of a significant at least for me a significant mm, discovery this week was I all but gave up on townhomes. And we've kind of been straddling this line all along. We did go into escrow on a townhome at one point, um, but it seems like our ratio of townhomes to single-family homes has kind of shifted. Mm -hmm. And now we've looked at a lot more single-family than townhomes. Mm And I know we've talked about it, but I'm curious about how you're feeling right now about the two. And if you're like me and more interested in single family homes, what's the current appeal to you? To me, Laura. Yeah. (laughs) I felt like you were asking our audience for a second there. Um, All right. So I think we arrived at the same place at the same time on that because we, we have sort of two strategies in mind this whole time. One is, let's get into a townhome, 
it's a little less expensive and they're a little nicer, a little more turnkey. They're usually ready to move in, you know, good enough, not as, not as unique, not as charming, but usually in better shape, usually nicer for what we can afford and ready to go. And idea being at a lower price point, we aren't as strapped financially and we maybe we consider that like a five-year plan and then we sell that and move into something else. On the other hand, there's the single townhome or single family home strategy. Which we've been looking at much mm-hmm. more lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we hop straight from renting into the forever dream home kind of scenario. The place we're going to renting be Renting meaning like temporary. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So we've been renting our whole lives. Mm-hmm. So most people, there's an in-between step. You buy either a home in an right. out, outer area and build up your equity and then move into the more desirable area or you go into the townhome and then you get the home later. As the first lender we spoke to said, you guys are going straight for the dream. (laughs) Not a lot of people do that, but okay. We're here for it. I mean, that's something that comes in our particular situation and being a little older and running for a long time, saving our money for a long time. So we had the option according to a bank and what our loan is approved for that we could do that. Uh, So we've, so we've had those kind of two strategies in mind and we've looked at a lot of both. um, But yeah, kind of lately in the last week or two, it's been more of a focus. We keep looking at townhomes and just being like, eh, they're okay. Never get too excited. The only time we got excited about one uh, was when it was a block from the beach or yeah. less, half a block from the beach. Yeah, it was right outside. As good a location as you could possibly ask for. And good square and footage. It was, the, it was the most square footage of anything we've Bit been on. serious about. Right. Yeah. So those things in mind, that's what made that the standout. But when we looked at other townhomes minus those factors, all else being equal, it, we were just like, mm, Never got excited. Uninspired. Yep. Yeah. Feels cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel Feels complete. like an apartment. Yeah. How do you feel psychologically when you're looking around a single family home? What does that feel like to you? It feels more individual. It yeah. feels more charming. It feels more unique. It's just a different. To me, it feels nostalgic. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is like what I, grew I up remember in. growing yeah. up, and, you know, yeah. mostly like Midwestern kind yeah. of situation, but. It does feel more like, oh, it feels more like playing house. Yeah, agree. Then a townhouse feels like you're just renting more. A single family home, all of your own walls, no HOA. We have a yard. A yard. We have, this is our thing. Yeah. 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 Because both of our entire adult lives, we've been in apartments or townhomes. Shared walls, yeah. Since we were in college. So... I haven't been in a like freestanding structure since I was 18. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And we're ooh, and we're fine with that. I mean, I don't I we're currently in a townhome. I really like it. I really like our neighbors. We're fine here. We could certainly keep going that direction. Right. But at some point like our boys are getting bigger. Would be nice to have a yard. It's kind of the thing of Pandora's box. Like once you step into that other universe, it's really hard to backpedal 
Right. But right now, because it's what we're doing, it would be fine to do it again and keep going that direction. It'd be hard to go but from a house yeah, to a townhouse exactly. unless you're retiring. Exactly. Right. But we just can't get that excited about it. They're more expensive. Uh, townhouse, you mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We can't get that excited about a townhouse. Right. We've kind of been trying. The house, yeah, the house is, is a more expensive option. And not that you can't get excited about it, but you can't get excited about the possibility of it happening because they're in such high demand. Mm-hmm. So the townhomes are more low-hanging fruit. Right. At a uh, lower price point, which also is attractive for that reason. But the other thing, too, is they're always there. Yeah. There will always be one, and it will always be like the last one. Yeah. And so why not just keep looking for a single family unless and you just for give right up? One. Right. And then you if take you're the ta- so beaten down the by this the process, you're like, okay, this is the one of the week. Bye. You know, yeah. take it. Right. That's what it very much feels like. And our realtor certainly has no love loss for townhomes. I mean, she's not coming out and saying it, but... She from they don't an appreciate a strategy, yeah. which certainly is part of this. It's not at all the same proposition as if you have a single family home, right? So, the horseshoe house countered, and they countered with, and this came late at night. So we weren't able to immediately consult with our realtor. Here's another first situation. They countered with home will be sold as is. Period. Four letters with a dash. <laughs> as is scared the ever living bejesus <laughs> out of both of us. Because this is a home that was built in 1952. And a family has been living there for probably 40 years. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to lift a finger. They're just going to walk away. They're going to do whatever they want to this home for as long as they have and walk away and expect us to pay top dollar without doing a thing. And that seems like they're getting away with murder when and I read that. who knows what's wrong with it? There are, I mean, there are things wrong with houses built 10 years ago. Who knows what we're going to find in this thing? Right. This is this to us is like, okay, so that's their counter. So we need to like then offer less money. Because they're basically adding money to our, our existing offer, and then they want us to go up? What? No. No. Maybe they're saying, there's something really wrong with it. You accept that. Take off a little cash. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a, this is not a negotiation. Nope. That's you saying, oh, no, actually, that listing price I told you, it was actually higher than that. So, uh, oh, BT Dub, how much more you got? Yep. What? No, I got less. <laughs> I got to pay more on the back end. I got less at the front end. Yeah, we felt we felt like a big middle finger. Bag over the head, punch in the face mm-hmm. is how it felt. Yeah. And just these four letters, it's just like house will be sold as, as is. As is. Ugh. Ugh. So we stewed on that and we were a little upset and we felt like, oh, these people are, these. <laughs> that guy is a jerk. These grifters. Uh, so we get up the next morning and we talk to our realtor and she says, don't worry about it. Not uncommon. Right. You look it up online and like, as is, is a big red flag. However, I think in the current market, um, it's probably not all that uncommon because they can always just move on to the next person if they don't want to spend five grand fixing a duct or something. Mm -hmm. Also, 
apparently the contract already reads as is and anything that happens during escrow is basically to keep this the buyer from walking away it's like uh i don't know if a favor is the a right little bit word of a placation right it's maybe. just like you know you're gonna you know you're oh, i need to i need to dole out a, right. a couple of dollars over here oh god just to keep, keep you around forward. oh here's a cookie right come on keep coming Dangling a carrot like. to keep you around. Oh, yeah, I'll fix the outlets. I'll fix that lamp. Mm-hmm. I'll fix that duct, you know, whatever. Um, but they're not necessary. I mean, of course, you hear about it all the time. It's like a, a seller will be like, no, I'm not doing that. And then the person has to figure out if they want to still buy the house. Right. There is no obligation. In, in any deal, there is no obligation that whatever is found in the inspection, the seller is not obligated to fix it. It's completely part of the negotiation process. Right. So, so the they, house is sold as is yeah. from the jump. Yeah. However, everything else is a negotiation. Mm-hmm. No obligation, but it depends. I, I think it depends on the market. If you know, in totally. not such a seller's market, you're desperate to keep your seller go, or your buyer moving forward. You're going to fix all those things and be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take care of that cracked window and that weird outlet and that hanging dangling light outside. Now I got it you just. You just drop the mic, put a middle finger in the air, and say, good luck. Nope. Not going to do it. Right. And if you don't like it, I got seven more people that are yeah. that are really Ready upset that they're not in your position right now. Mm-hmm. So as is, you know, I guess under normal circumstances would be seen as a red flag. We were assured uh, that it's not. However, you know, if we were talking, and like you said, it doesn't matter how long the house has been around, but if you're talking about a house that was built in 2005 versus a house that was built in 1952, you might feel slightly differently about it. And I guess, you know, so this leads to our counteroffer. And it's like, well, we need to factor that in because we've already, and we might've mentioned this last week, can't remember if we did but we also offered these people uh rent back for zero dollars so they get to live there for two months mortgage free we're paying the mortgage we own the house they get to stay for free with no security deposit right and 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 by the way we put the bill our current lodging at the same time we're putting two bills this is all to entice us as buyers as 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 (laughs) desirable buyers so these are all terms that are basically adding to the price. So we have this, you know, max price that we're getting close to anyway. Really close to. But we're adding these things on that are part of that. So I guess my point is when we're coming to this counter offer, we're talking about the rent back for free. We're talking about no security deposit. We're talking about them not paying for anything that's wrong with the house. I can't in good conscience go to my max, which is basically kind of like where we're headed is you, we've got our max number. Uh, are we willing to spend that on this house? And with all of these other terms, I say no on general principle alone. I can't. No. <laughs> I mean, even if it doesn't really ultimately matter, I can't go to that number yeah. and still give you all this other stuff. You don't get that. Yeah. Not for me. One or the other. One or the other. We don't have we don't have the extra disposable. That's all of our money. We don't have the extra disposable money to be like, ah, 
yeah. Okay. We want to still be able to somehow feed our children after we do yeah. this down payment <laughs> and closing costs yeah. and moving costs. So we, so we come up with a number. This is actually last night. And we come up with a number for our counter, which I think is higher than when we were originally talking about it was. this we, house. We went up from what we originally said was our max for the house. And then we talk to, so we talk about that last night. I text Laura the number so we don't forget because we talk about it late at night. And then wake up in the morning, talk to our agent again, and go <laughs> over that <laughs> number. <laughs> Just by a little bit. Because it's like, you know, just a little bit more, throw in a little extra, no big deal. She's like, hey, how about you throw in a little more? She did not seem very happy with us when we told her the number. No. She wanted us to go to the max because she knew we wanted it. She knew it was a good fit. She knows how competitive it is. She's probably (laughs) really sick and tired of meeting us five times a day every day. She was like, it was almost like a... (sighs) Yeah. It was was, was a silent, silent... Okay. That's you sure on that? All right, I'll I'll write it up. I'll let him know. Great. So, you know, we talk about that. The day goes on. There's a deadline of five p.m. So we don't have to do anything right away. And then now we're getting closer and closer to five. And then she calls and she says she talks to the agent again. This is what she does. I believe that she is very persistent in representing us. And she says, "So I'm getting the feeling if you guys kick in one more little cherry." on your number, you're going to have a really strong chance. And we go, fine. <laughs> so we're still not at our max. We're dang close. I mean, we're too close for comfort, but still it's like, you know, all right, what's a little more for the rest of our lives? Yeah. It's in our neighborhood. Which is, at the end of the day, it really is the number one thing that, has prohibited us from bidding on a lot of things from totally. considering a lot of things it's in the known Even it's in the dead zone we call it yeah it's not it's in the dead zone that you can't walk to anything this place i've literally timed the walk from this place to the school and this place to a friend's house and this place to the beach and this place to the restaurants i like i'm so interested in this place because i know one that it's walkable and it's not like you have to cross over a freeway to get there. Mm. You know, it is a neighborhood setting. And a nice neighborhood. A nice neighborhood. You know, a lot of, you know, family homes. And it's not like, you know, sometimes a mile through a neighborhood is a lot different than a mile through a whole bunch of city streets or something. On you know, CH. Yeah. Right. So, all right. Okay. Yep. Thumbs up on the extra cherry. Yep. And all the other terms. None of this none of this negotiation at all has gone our way. And you taught me something that our agent told you that I had not heard before, which was what? There are no There are no deals to be had. <laughs> <laughs> right now. If you're looking for a deal, you came to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. Just stop right now there but that's no good perspective to be had nothing's gonna go your way as a buyer yeah right now nothing like if, if you think you're gonna get a leg up on somebody you are who's not. selling no there are 26 people in line behind you they have no reason to give you anything and you know and look i get it if i was in that position and i'm selling 
yes, I'm going to go for the best deal and I'm going to try to give up the lease. Sure. And they can. They can absolutely can. They don't need to give you. They owe. They owe you nothing. Mm-mm. So, all right. So we send off our offer. We go on a walk uh, with the boys, and we're like, okay. So we've gone kind of all in on this thing. We've given it everything we got. So we go on a walk with the boys uh, to go walk by it. It's a beautiful night, crisp, you know, chilly air, beautiful, you know, kind of poofy clouds at sunset Some happening. candy clouds going. Pink, literally pink clouds. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking to this place, we're right around the corner, a block away. And one of our kids' classmates is playing with some friends out in front of their house. And like that, it's like magic. They just start playing. Mm-hmm. And He's so one of the bunch of the kids on the corner on the street, little scooter gang. Yeah. He's in there. Like zero hesitation. And we're standing there talking to the parents. Feels very kind of, you know. Very Norman Rockwell-esque. Very Norman Rockwell. And keep in mind, we've been in a pandemic for the last year. Our kids have met no new people. They see like two people. (laughs) So to even see a person is a novelty. And then. All these kids are wearing masks. Yeah. To timestamp where we're at yeah and this classmate they're kindergartners they've seen each other on a screen they've never been together in real life and they immediately take off playing tag like the most pure kid moment it's it's still there beautiful thing yeah and you know we talked to the parents a little bit everybody's very friendly i'm literally talking to the guy about the neighborhood and how he feels about living there oh what he said i didn't hear that part it's like a dream come true Especially in Los Angeles. He's like, you know, this, and, and, and he's right. Like, I walk around this whole neighborhood all the time, and it is, you know, idyllic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, he was saying everything that I feel, which is all very objective, which is, you know, there's miles and miles of family homes, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful, and the air is crisp and clean tonight, and, you know, it, feels great and you can see the ocean for the love of god you know it's just it's, also his house could eat our house <laughs> he's got a beautiful home right on the corner uh yeah sure uh however it's right around the corner we yeah. keep walking i thought we were more than a block away it's no literally it's right, right around yeah. the corner and so we walk past the house and you know it looks like it looks this is the horseshoe house and it's kind of has a cottage vibe to it's it sweet. private front yard yeah oh, it's really sweet so, um, so that's that. We come home and put the boys to bed and start making dinner and we get a call from our agent and what does she say? She says, it came through for us. We got the house. We got the house. We got the single family house in the neighborhood we want in our school. In our school. Walk less than a mile from the beach. Single family. Backyard. Laundry facility in the kitchen. Come on. <laughs> okay. Funky kind of bohemian western weird vibe compound is Which now. Which she said, I knew this seemed like you guys. <laughs> yeah. And it does it's though. It's true. It has like a Madonna Inn kind of feel to it. We love it. 
so they accepted our offer and uh, we've been accepted now twice. This one felt a whole lot better than the first That's one. It. The first one, there were reservations about no outdoor area to play, et cetera, et cetera. This one is a home and it, you know, doesn't have as much square footage, needs a lot more work, but it has charm and it's funky and it has a lot of room for us to put our own stamp on it should we desire to do so. Or we could let it just go to to hell over the next 20 years. (laughs) It is somewhere we could stay. So this is a buried lead of all buried leads. Yeah. Yeah. Is that this, somewhere we can stay. this is somewhere we can stay and this is somewhere we might be for a very, very long time. And uh, it is in the school uh, zone. I was, uh, it was right on the edge. You couldn't get closer to the edge of the school zone. One street over and you're in the next elementary school. However, I did call the school district and sure enough, this street is theirs. And so we, um, you know, I, I had a feeling when we mm-hmm. sent all that stuff over, that it was going to be, I, I felt like it was going to go our way. Yeah. We both felt really good about it um, the whole time. And from the get go, this was actually a situation where the homeowner was home when we toured the house. Right. And I think that made a difference. She, I spent a lot of time talking to her. We just, clicked really well her there kids was, grew up in this house she's she got three kids at least we talked a lot about kids we talked a lot about the special touches they'd done we talked a lot about kid memories um i don't know just it was it, it was a really good vibe and i know you know she definitely loves that house that's all her family memories what else would you want besides some young family to come in and have you know you want to bequeath your your thing to someone else who's going to have the same appreciation for Carry it. the torch. Yeah. Not, yeah, not someone who's going to come in and tear it down and build the next McMansion. So, I don't know. I felt there was something about that that stayed with me, and I felt really kind of at peace about it through this whole process. And then after, right after we hung up with our realtor, an hour later, she sent us a letter from the woman we met congratulating us and saying, you know, from when we met you, we were really hoping it was you that would be able to take this. We wanted it to be you. We've had so many great memories and are so happy that you're the next ones. Yeah. I'm getting a little teary. Yeah. It was really sweet of her to do that and also made me wonder, did she just put us through the ringer and we <laughs> could have been all right with that first offer? Because that first offer sounds a lot better right now. <laughs> but it it is it is nice to know that you know, that this is not just some kind of empty shell, but it is something that is being passed on for a similar purpose. Mm-hmm. I feel like this isn't the house we want, but this is the house we deserve kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Explain. Like, this isn't, in other words, like, this isn't like, this isn't the brand new, updated, beautiful yeah, home gotcha. that looks great. It's not the cover girl. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is the house that we, you know, that we should be in. Mm-hmm. This is the house that two boys should screw, you know, should screw around in, mm-hmm. mess up a little bit. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is, this Some is the house. and AstroTurf. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is the house we deserve as a growing family. Not you know we don't need to be in the spiral staircase, mm-hmm. rooftop pants. patio. Yeah, don't touch house. me, marble. Situation. Yeah, this is a house you can you can rough up a little bit and not be too worried about. Mm-hmm. So that really what that does is it begins the escrow process all over again. Who knows what is what's going to happen? Tell me this week what your take is. Escrow. Okay, I'll tell you exactly what I mean by that. Is the time between when someone accepts your offer and then when the house is actually yours i think that it's actually a bank account somewhere but escrow to me is the time in between your offer is accepted and the deal is done and there's so much that can happen between now and then particularly as we alluded to before the inspection of this home because the owner is walking away um middle finger in the air to the competition uh, I will be very curious to see if we can last through that. Oh, what if we have another canceled escrow? We could. Oh, and that's, oh. you know, that's what's going to keep this interesting. That's I mean, gonna be sad. this whole, you that's know, idea, really <laughs> this whole idea of starting this, this discussion and recording it was to talk about the home, you know, being a first time home buyer at 40. But what it's going to turn into is being first time escrow at 40 being a first-time home owner at 40. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> well, eventually we're going to get there because we seem pretty GD committed at this point, but uh, this escrow process is going to be probably 10 times more intense than the looking because now we have a lot to lose. Yeah. Looking <laughs> I mean, costs you nothing. All of it to lose. Yeah. It's all on the line. Yeah, so it's only going to get more complicated. Oh, my complicated. God. Okay. What are we going to do? Are we setting a threshold number that if the inspection comes back with it's more than X amount? Yes, that's we have it? to. We have to. And then 100%. what if it's ten thousand dollars more than that? Well, because we can we can't I mean? afford it. We can always afford ten thousand dollars in the state of the. Not ten thousand dollars more than we'd be willing to budget for. Because that's cash. That's the thing is we're spending so much money just to get in the door. And then we've got to keep working to make these monthly payments. But we don't have that much money to spend. So if there is, you know, a foundation issue or whatever, I don't know. Like, I don't know what comes out of an inspection that's super expensive. To me, it seems like foundation would be top of the list. But, you know, if something like that comes up on the inspection, we can't afford it. No. That, I mean, that one to me is easy to walk away from. If there's a $40,000 issue, obviously. We can't do that. Right. But what if it's what if it's in the gray zone? I think there's a gray zone. I think there's our line well, that yeah. we say is our line and then realistically there's a gray zone beyond that. Yeah. I That's think we'll I think we'll know when we get to a point yeah. where we can't afford it. Yeah. Because it's cash. Yeah. It's not like the loan is one thing where it's like, Oh well, you know, we'll figure it out and we'll keep working mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. This is like, no, like we either have the money or we don't. Yeah. Or we can live with that problem or we can't. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing too, is there may be like a cracked window, like you said, you can live with a cracked window for a little while Mm -hmm. and then fix it six months from now. Right. But there are other things where you can't move into this house or it's going to be condemned. Right. You know, so. Which um, we may be living in right now for all that we know because I have no these houses until you sell them. I have no doubt this house should be condemned that we're in. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess the you know where we basically got to this week is the beginning of a whole new adventure, and it doesn't feel like the last one. The last one felt doomed from just about the beginning, and this one feels like there's no one else involved because it's a single family home to fumble around and mess it up. This is our opportunity to close on this house, mm-hmm. except except for this inspection, and that's going to be happening in this next week we'll talk about it next week uh and it's going to be the do or die moment for Mm -hmm. is this house going to be ours but there's technically two more steps all right so here's another thing we learned today for your loan to be approved there are technically three boxes you have to check number one is your income are they satisfied that you feel like you can pay what they say you can pay so that's step one they ask for literally every every paper you've ever generated or been sent to you in the mail you need to send to the underwriter we don't know who the underwriter is it sounds very much like the undertaker we don't know I, I have a feeling they look like an undertaker yeah it seems very doomy and gloomy and serious and scary i want to meet an underwriter i've never met one of my who who, who we don't mm, know who spends their life being an underwriter sounds awful windowless room guaranteed for sure and you're going through like a hundred page documents of people's you know w-2s that only the first page is really applicable with any information but you look at every other page with every other little fine print on every user agreement terms and conditions contract it it sounds crazy all right so step one you qualify your income check we can approve that amount of money. There are two more boxes left open. One is the appraisal. Your house has to appraise at the value you have bid on it. If it does not, you're on the hook to make up the difference. Right. That's number two. In our area, no one leaves the appraisal contingency available because it's, again, because it's so competitive, you have no chance if you check that box on your offer that you have an appraisal contingency, you're out of the pile. So you have to go in and kind of find a creative way to do it, which is that you get a super rush appraisal during the inspection period, which is box number three. Box number three is the inspections have to be done. You have to be satisfied that everything is okay. That's actually not the loan box though. That's that. That's the kind of out for the appraisal. So if you can say, oh, there are too many things wrong in the inspection. If the house doesn't appraise, that's kind of your out and your ability to walk away. Actually, the third box for the loan is the title. They check the title to make sure it's clean. There's not a lien against the house or something strange going on that wasn't revealed earlier. So we're, we have box one checked, which is we've been okayed for our income, but our loan is still contingent upon that the house has to appraise and the title has to be clean. Right. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> None of that means anything to me until they tell me otherwise. And then really from, from our seat, the heavy button is what 
the heck is going to come up in the inspection. That's the thing. That's the inspection the thing is the thing to me. Mm-hmm. All this other X stuff factor. is like, you know, it is whatever and it's kind of boring and doesn't feel like it really applies to me. Although I think anybody in real estate thinks I'm probably a crazy person. But that's kind of the point is we're going in this totally blind, willingly blind. I would prefer to be blind. I don't want to be a real estate expert. I just want to move into a house and I want to say that, you know, that we bought a house and that we're actually kind of building equity. You know, that's the thing. It's like, I want my house, I want where I live to be more like a bank account than, uh, you know, a money suck, which is my entire life. The only time I've ever lived anywhere, I've just been dumping money into it as opposed to now, uh, if this works out now, we'll actually just be moving money over into where we live. So uh, there's a lot to talk about. This escrow process will be the probably the highlight of next week, uh, but it is time to go. Um, I think uh, it's been a very exciting week. Obviously, it all kind of happened just in the last few hours, so we're still processing it. And when we come back next week, it's going to be you know all about how this inspection went and the appraisal went, and it's all going to happen very quickly. We got ten days. Everything could happen. Everything happens in one day with these things. Yeah. These are all, you have to be ready for game time right now, every day that it's you're going game time through now. this. Yeah. Every time, every time. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. It is real life, no practice drills situation every single time you go out there with yeah. this. Every single day. And it happens really fast. And you have to wrap your head around, okay, this is real. Is this what I want? Is this the right thing? Really, really, really quickly. At this point, we feel like this is the right thing. This house feels like the right thing. Unless the inspection tells us otherwise. Exactly. So, all right. So, we're going to get out of here. To go back to our old tally situation, which was probably going to go away Uh, next week. I mean. Depending on how things go. Optimistically, sure. (laughs) We've got uh, four offers. Two denied. Two accepted. One dropped. One pending. So that's where we're at. Um, Yeah, so lots more to talk about next week. And this horseshoe house very likely could be ours. And we could be inviting all of our friends to come over and apparently play horseshoes in the backyard. Uh, So that's all we got for now. We are very excited to see where this thing takes us. Uh, And so this is our first time. We'll see you next time.